Long history. After Magellan, part 6. The Portuguese captain's mistake. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Long History's After Magellan. This is the first document we're looking at in our series called Forgotten Voyages. This voyage was the first Spanish expedition to attempt to reach the Spice Islands after Magellan's famous journey. It was initially headed by Commander Garcia Jofre de Loaiza, although he died in the Pacific in an earlier episode. This account was written by Captain Andrés de Urdaneta, a friar and explorer who took part in the expedition. The journey began on the 24th of July 1525, and Urdaneta's account also includes his decade on the Spice Islands themselves. He returned to Europe in 1536. The original document was in Spanish, and it has been translated exclusively for long history. There are 10 episodes in total for this document, so don't forget to subscribe to be notified of the release of the remaining sections. And of course, if you want to start from the beginning, episode 1 will probably just be a few scrolls away. Now, the previous episode ended towards the end of 1529. After around three years on the island of Tidore, after constant tussles with the Portuguese, the Spanish had been forced to give up the island to their enemies. Urdaneta, the writer of this document, has retreated to Gilolo, on a nearby large island known in this document as Batachina. There, they are being cared for by the king of Gilolo, along with Kichilrade, who is the king's brother and who was the governor on Tidore, the island that the Portuguese have seized. A separate group of Spanish has retreated to another place called Samafo. All the Europeans are waiting for news or help from any authorities back home. In this episode, the local people finally lose patience with the Europeans and their constant squabbles. When the Portuguese learn that the locals are planning an uprising, they make a mistake which will threaten the lives of all the Europeans in the area. As this episode begins, our chronicler, Urdaneta, goes to Tidore, the island that the Spanish were forced to evacuate. He goes to rescue the leader of the island, Kichilrade, and his people. On the fourth day, we went from Gilolo with a fleet to Tidore to collect the said Kichilrade along with his wife and children. With him, also, came other chief men with their women and children, leaving their lands and estates. Ten or twelve days later, we had news of how the Tidore fleet that I had left there had been turned. Most Castilians had gone over to the Portuguese, except Alonso de Rios, who had retreated to a mountain in Batachina with three companions, with two weapons and their shotguns. Then, at that same time, I went with a very light and well-armed Parau boat to where the said four Castilians were, and I collected them and took them to Gilolo town. In this way, we were now 19 Castilians. Then, four or five days later, we prepared three Parau boats to go to Samafo, where our captain, the said Hernando de la Torre, was, and I and the said Alonso de los Rios went with the aim of bringing the said Fernando de la Torre with his companions, so that we could return to build up our strength, because that would be the best place to wait for the fleet that your majesty would be sending for Maluco. And so, arriving in the said place of Samafo, we discussed with the said Hernando de la Torre what we had arranged, as it seemed to us that it would serve your majesty if we were in such a place that if some ship or fleet of your majesty went to those parts, we could help them out even if the Portuguese would not, something which on Samafo could not be done, but could be done on Gilolo. Eh, Fernando de la Torre gave his excuses saying that the terms of his surrender to the Portuguese meant that he had sworn to keep peace with them and not to enter the Maluco Islands until a fleet came for one or the other. And when he saw that we did not want to do any other thing, we told members of his company to come to Gilolo with us, because we had certain news that the Portuguese, 
with those from Maluco, were preparing well for the destruction of Gilolo, and so five Castilians came with us to Gilolo. Two days after we returned to Gilolo, the Portuguese came at us with their fleet, but we defended ourselves against this exercise, not even letting them disembark, and so they returned without causing any harm. In the month of December of the said year 1529, the said Caravel of Saavedra returned, not being able to reach New Spain. It reached port in the said place called Samafo. This time, however, Saavedra had died at sea, and four or five other men from the same caravel had also died. When he saw that the said caravel boat had not reached New Spain, the said Fernando de la Torre, agreeing with what we had said to him, agreed to go to Gilolo, where we now were, and so he came with the said caravel and with his brigantine boat. In this way, around sixty men joined together, with the king of Gilolo feeding us, and we began to make war with the Portuguese once again, continuing thus until the middle of 1530. Although during the time of these occurrences, many Castilians fled to the Portuguese, and others died due to illness, overwork, and the poor lives they led. Also, we had no resources other than those that the king of Gilolo gave us, even though the captain helped as he could. During this time, the Portuguese made various assaults on the Indians of the island of Ternate, for which reason the said Indians were outraged, although at that moment they remained subdued, asking for us to make peace with ourselves and the Portuguese, and in consequence between them. All the peoples of Maluco agreed amongst each other to rise up against the Portuguese, and against us, killing each and every one of us. Our Lord God wanted me, as I had great conversation and friendships with many of the Indian chiefs and knew the language of that land very well, to find out that they wanted to rise up. I then told our said captain, With the arrival of the month of May, 1530, everyone began to make peace with each other, both the Christians and the Indians of those islands, and I went to the Portuguese fortress with certain gentlemen from Gilolo and agreed peace with the Portuguese and with the king of Ternate. I also informed the said Portuguese captain of the Indians' treacherous plans to take up arms. He did not want to believe this, and spoke with the gentlemen of Gilolo secretly, promising them great gifts if they killed all the Castilians who were in the land. Within eight days, Kichil Catarabumi, the governor of Gilolo, was also invited to see the said Portuguese captain, saying that despite the peace he had already agreed with us, that he should kill us all, promising him great rewards and the said Katarabumi had at this time fallen out with us, because he was toying with a coup d'etat, while we favoured the child king, who had been thus declared by his father as he died. He did not dare make a move, even though he had many people on his side. For this reason, he agreed with the Portuguese ideas, promising that he would do them. However, a close relative of the king, who was called Kichil Tidore, then told us everything, and, from that time onwards, we were always armed and guarded ourselves well at night. The Indians attacked us in various ways, although not all of them, only those on Kichil Katarabumi's side. And in this way we endured great hardship and misfortune, and all because we wanted to serve your most serene majesty despite the Portuguese attempts at wooing us. Nonetheless, it seemed to us that your majesty had not allowed a fleet to be sent to Maluco, and those of us who were here could offer much support to such a fleet and be of great service to your majesty. We did not want to pass over to them, but to wait, whatever the hardship and danger should come our way, and we were most willing to lay down our lives in service of your majesty. In August 1530, the said Don Jorge de Menezes, 
learned how the Indians of the island of Ternate had agreed with those from Maluco to rise up against the Portuguese, and us. As this was now proven to him, he casually called for the king of Ternate, the governor, and other chiefs to come to the fortress, all of whom went. Then, as they were all in the captain's fortress, he ordered them to be interrogated, and, after giving some of them a test by torture, they confessed how they had agreed to the uprising. Upon seeing this, the said captain ordered the said Kitil de Reves, governor of the island of Ternate, and the most feared man in all those parts, to be beheaded. And, following this, other important chiefs were killed, with the king being kept prisoner in the fortress. When the Indians found out about the death of the said Kitil de Reves, and other gentlemen, and the interrogation of the king, they rose up against the Portuguese, to the point where the Portuguese did not dare to move more than a rifle shot from their fortress. When the news of the death of the others arrived at Gilolo, the Indians took up arms, and we, seeing this, did the same. But, as some of the king's relatives wanted to maintain our good relationship, they proposed to us that if the governor wanted to deal with us, they would be on our side, and with this we lost our fear. That said night, I went secretly to the Portuguese fortress in a small canoe with only five rowers, to confirm what had happened, and to offer myself, on behalf of our captain and all of us, to the Portuguese, if they needed our support and help, we would support them with all our force. And the truth is that we offered this to them because they had offered us the same. Because we were very willing to support them, because we were aware that we could be the ones in need. And so the said Portuguese captain, and all of them, offered me their thanks and returned the offer. And I left, having made this agreement with them, that if we saw that we were in need, we would ask them for help. And thus we became great friends, forgetting everything that had happened in the past. That same hour, I returned to the said town of Gilolo. I returned at great risk to myself, so that the Indians would not find me on their land. When I returned to Gilolo, I found everything had been overturned. The captain, with around forty men that he had, was armed and installed in some large storehouses, with all his artillery armed and primed. When I saw this, I went straight to the house of the king, where I found the said governor with many armed people. I spoke to him, reasoning with him, in his own tongue in front of everyone, saying that he knew well that from the moment of our arrival with the ship to Maluco, we, those of Gilolo and ourselves, had supported each other to the death. And we had received great generosity from the king of Gilolo, and he had received all the service that we had been able to give. And beyond this, that in pleasing our lord, if your majesty's fleet should come to Maluco, he would be repaid for the generosity that he every day showed by being made the greatest king of Maluco. Until then we had each supported the other, and had been as one. We should continue like this going forward, without attempting to impose ourselves between the Portuguese and those of Ternate, leaving them to deal with each other. It got to the point, thanks to this talk and many others that we held, that by the hour of Vespers we were all friends with each other and sworn allies once again. In the month of October of the said year, a Portuguese captain came with some people, the governor and the captain of the fortress in Maluco, who was called Gonzalo de Pereira, with whom we agreed peace as we had done with the captain Don Jorge de Menezes. And when this captain, Gonzalo Pereira, arrived, he took over from the said Don Jorge de Menezes and arrested him for the death of the said Quichil de Reves and sent him as a prisoner to Portuguese India. When the Indians saw that Gonzalo Pereira had come with people, they then agreed peace with him although it lasted only a short time, because after six months in Maluco, the said Captain Pereira was stabbed to death in the fortress of the Indians of Ternate. 
They also killed many other Portuguese, and they burned there almost over unsettlement. In this way, all the islands of Maluco rose up against the Portuguese, except in Gilolo, where they did not rebel, but with us or them, due to their love for us. However, the Indians of Ternate offered many rewards, to both us and those of Gilolo, so that we would be on their side. We, however, excused ourselves as well as we could, knowing that we had but few Castilians, and that if we overwhelmed and overtook the Portuguese fortress, the Indians would soon rise up against us, seeing that there were so few of us. As this episode began, only 19 Castilians in Gilolo had not surrendered to the Portuguese in any way. Other Spaniards were in Samafo, but they had agreed with the Portuguese to wait for news from Europe. With the news of the death of Saavedra, however, the Spanish lost hope that help would come. The Spanish unite, reaching 60 in total. The local people are clearly tiring of these two European groups, who squabble with each other and divide the local people by forcing them to take sides. Most of the locals therefore unite, determined to rise up against all the Europeans. When the Portuguese discover this plot, they make their mistake. This is the final straw that unites and rouses the local people to fight the Portuguese. The Spanish, in their weakened state, just managed to escape the wrath of the local people, thanks to some friendships they have made. The Spanish are well aware of their weakened state. In the next episode, however, we reach 1532, seven years after the Spanish initially set off. Finally, in the next episode, they have the chance to return home. That's it for the latest episode of Long History. Thank you for listening. If you've made it to this point, please give it a like. And don't forget to subscribe for the remaining episodes in this series. Thank you for listening and goodbye.